in it, it kind of started April 2019. Uh, we brought on Caesar Devoto, who fixed our sales process. So we had 700k ARR then. Uh, in mid 2019, yeah. Okay. It's been now growing pretty consistently since then. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Federspiel. He's working on a company called Blackthorn.io, deep in the Salesforce App Exchange partner ecosystem. We're talking about management, payment processing, you name it. Chris, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Thanks for having right. me on. You bet. Okay, so so a couple things I want to dive into here first. Uh, are you exclusive to Salesforce? In other words, does someone have to use Salesforce in order to use Blackthorn? It is, um, what's the expression, bittersweet, or is it both a blessing and a curse? But yes, uh, that is the case. Salesforce is our system of record and the only database we integrate with. So again, blessing and a curse. Blessing is you're riding a freaking whale. Curses, they've got to pay a bunch of money to Salesforce before they can even use you. Talk to me about the blessing side first. How significant has Salesforce been in terms of driving you new customers? Yeah, we're at four and a half million ARR. I think to date, we've had two outbound deals close. We just started our outbound team. Otherwise, there's a huge ecosystem and the app exchange has been great. The curse side is uh, we pay 15% of our licensing fees back to uh, back to the dragon. And yeah. I heard this expression that you're riding on the back of a dragon. At some point, the dragon might look backwards. So the fear is always, will they buy or build something that we're doing? Um, but it's also so big that wouldn't even matter because there's a lot of companies that continue to get huge even after that's happened. So just to be clear, uh, you, you you just passed 4 million in ARR like this month? Uh, four and a half, but we have a couple okay. things going. So I, I think we'll be at five by the end of next month. Well, well yeah. So the reason, the reason I'm asking is if you're, if you're at four and a half now, I'm curious, where were you a year ago? What does growth look like? Uh, in it, it kind of started April 2019. Uh, we brought on Caesar Devoto, who fixed our sales process. So we had 700k ARR then. Uh, in, in mid 2019, yeah, okay. it's been now growing pretty consistently since then. Um, we've identified our product market fit with events and go to market and focusing mostly on higher ed and nonprofit at the salesforce.org side. We have a lot of dot-com customers, but the closest match for our stack for the event side is with higher ed and with nonprofits. For payments, it's sort of all over the place as it's more infrastructure. Well, I want to get into payments here in a second, uh, but first, do you remember what you finished 2020 with in terms of ARR? I know this, I, I think it was 3.6. And I think our goal for end of this year is 7.2 because we're trying to do 100% year over year. Yep, yep, yeah. So 3.5, go up to 7.2. So, so walk me through this growth. You, you said you launched, the, when did you launch the company? When was the first code written? Uh, August, 2015, doing only payments, but we mostly looked like a services company for a while because our payments app was free largely funding the rest of our services. 
and we didn't switch to paid anything until the very beginning of 2019 where we made our payments app paid and then we launched our events app which initially was terrible but then we <laughs> accelerated a lot of features and it soon quickly did more and that was able to get more people since your origin story it talks about payments let's let's start there right so what does it mean when you say you had a payment tool what were people like name a customer who was using you back in 2015. Ooh, uh <laughs> we were building it for a while so i don't know if we had any uh but beginning of 2016 we had uh urban space they rent pop-up shops in new york and we built a custom event portal for them, but they were doing all of their payments through our payments app. Um, mm -hmm. We still have a lot of customers like that now, like Tony Robbins uses us to call them up to do an event registration, but the payment goes through our payments app. Like our events app uses our payments app as the processing engine. They kind of stack. So I guess the right question is like uh, in this year, how much payments volume do you think will go through your payments portal? Uh, we we might hit a billion in aggregate this year okay. um from inception um in the payments world though like ach volume is irrelevant uh because it just doesn't really make any money but our card volume is getting pretty significant i think our our card volume is at least four or five hundred million aggregate now or something Are you like saying that cart cart volume like check out uh, like, like credit card uh volume card volume if it's a card volume is 400 or 500 million and how would that be different than the gmb going through your payment portal why would those two numbers be different there's a lot of ach um ah. it, ach doesn't a lot of bank transfer uh type funding but we I don't see. we don't charge by the by that we just charge per user of salesforce user and for the licensing for app. yeah yeah but but your your sort of core activation utility metric is that is that payment volume you know if you do a good job people are going to do more events there's gonna be more payment volume touching you right they will and future acquirers tend I, i've heard the multiple they give on on gateway revenue share volume is 18 to 22x which is you know obviously enormous on volume or the revenue you're making from the volume on the revenue you make from the volume which is like revenue share through gateways but the way that the way that we're tabulating and focusing on sales is more of getting customers live and selling licenses. And if they happen to have a lot of volume, great, but that's not the main driver. Yeah. I mean, look, we have a comp in this space, right? I mean, I think bill.com got a steal acquiring Git Divi. We had Alex Bean on the show today for acquisition and they share they passed about 4 billion in volume. Um, you know, the acquisition price was about half that, right? So 2.2, 2.6 billion. So that's not on the net that Divi was making, that's on the total GMV. But if we were going to use the same number on you, you could argue that you know you have a $500 million company if you process a billion. You could. I mean, it depends how much is card versus ACH. Like ACH yeah. really just doesn't make people money. So just to repeat back to you, since inception in 2015, you, you're about to break a billion in total GMV and about 500 million in credit card payments. Yeah, about. And, and what is it actual, just, for the, just so I can understand, like this year, what do you think credit card payments will be through the system? couple hundred million? Uh, yeah, about that. Okay. And so people listening right now may, might be going, well, wait, why doesn't, if he's adding value, why doesn't Chris take, you know, 10 bips or 50 bips on, on the spend? Um, it's a good question. We haven't decided to make our own processor only because our partnership with Stripe is really, really good. 
it's really strong. And the momentum that they have with Stripe Checkout that we've now just integrated and went live with is like what they're doing is amazing. So our, our customers are global. There's no way we're building all these integrations to all these different systems. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Like they need they need hundreds, if not thousands, of developers that they're up to now to make it happen. So our our goal is not to have huge margin on a small amount of customers. It's more about like a land grab to get as many customers as we can. And by having more capabilities for them to pay, we're finding the fastest route to do that is with integrating with Stripe. Yeah. So the story here, 2015 free payments tool, the way that you sort of survived as a company and grew is you use the payment tool as lead gen for your agency business. You did, you know, you charge urban space custom, you know, plans to build out a custom build for them. And then you eventually said in 2019, we want to launch a SaaS tool. And that's when you launched your, your paid events app and your paid payments app. Yes. Yeah. At the end of 2018, we almost died. We had like 7K in the bank account. We had seven people, I think. People took voluntary pay deductions. And then we flipped the payments app to paid. We got one customer to prepay. What does that mean? Uh, what do you mean to paid if you're not taking a percent of GMV? Well, everybody pays. So when you buy Salesforce, you pay per user that's accessing it. So we charge the same way for our payments app. So we sell uh-huh. per license of people accessing the payments app. We don't charge anything per transaction. I see. Okay, got it. So, so that custom business, like where you were using the free tool to get lead gen for your agency business, basically you almost, you almost died in 2018 and 17K. So you were really forced to figure out a way to make money. And that's when you launched the, the, pay, the recurring revenue stuff. Yes. And at the time we were building five other products, all of which we killed at one time and decided to focus on events as a layer that would sit on top of payments. And now they're both growing equally. I think the revenue lines are about equal. The go-to-market for events is a lot easier because the story is easier to tell. Mm-hmm. Payment vertical is sort of all over. So events tends to be like the marketing focus, but the internal infrastructure stands both. What were the three or the four other things you killed? We had a billing app, which was some weird cross between a subscription app and and a QuickBooks. We had this multi-tenant portal, which was sort of like a Salesforce communities compete, sort of like what Google was making with Google App Maker that they sunset. Um, we had a, 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 a form builder that was a web-based form builder that was like uh, opinionated by the context. So you, we would have a pre-built invoice appearance. So you would feed it what an invoice looks like or what a quote would look like. So instead of generating PDFs, you would have web-based interactions for these. So huh. that one, we, we stripped it down and now we have a web-based invoice that's part of our pay later functionality of our events. And it sure. also works in our payments app. Interesting. Okay, so the fascinating sort of origin story here: agency payments, uh, SaaS later on, on top of it. How many customers are you now serving today on the SaaS side of things? We have about three hundred customers. Um, the the deal sizes we have are sort of all over, depending upon the space. So, and we have a lot of legacy customers too. But it ranges anywhere from like eight k to fifty k regularly, maybe twelve k mm-hmm. average, something like that. Like pretty standard for SaaS. Yeah, um, I mean, the four point five million run rate divided by three hundred is what fifteen grand ACVs. But I bet you probably have some accounts that are you know very large. There's a few that are large, a few that are small. The rev share helps out a good bit, and that's growing too. Um, we don't charge it customers anything for that, so it just helps. Sorry, wait. What's the rev share? So when you when you have volume going through any gateway basically every 
company has some agreement with the gateway to get some kind of mutual funding that goes back and forth. Like authorized.net has one, um, Braintree has one, PayPal has one, they all have one. So everybody that has an integration with any gateway that they're selling to their customer has some kind of you know, mutual revenue share that occurs. So what, you get like a, a half a point there or 1% or something? The percentages, we have some pretty tight-lipped uh, NDAs that we're supposed to keep our mouths shut about. But basically, um, it ends up being mutual to the companies because it behooves everyone to kind of make it happen. I'm very picky with sponsors I have on the show. Usually I use the show and you guys, the audience as leverage to ask for a great deal. And I simply won't take on the sponsor unless number one, I love the product. And number two, they're giving us a special unique deal for our audience. Well, Zendesk reached out recently. And you know, me personally, I've watched other tools in Zendesk, the customer support space, increase price. They try and upsell you 20 different products. It's expensive because they want to move to the enterprise to make their investors happy. Well, Zendesk is publicly traded, and that means they have a lot of cash to throw around, which means they can afford to give startups a great discount. In fact, all these enterprise tools, I convinced them to say, you know what, we'll give it to your audience, Nathan, for free for six months. So here's the caveat. If you're pre-Series B or you have fewer than 50 employees, you're eligible today. Go to NathanMaka.com forward slash Zendesk to get their best customer support tools totally free for six months. Again, that's today, nathanlacka.com forward slash Zendesk. You do make a percent of revenue then on the GMV. It's just, you don't deal that, you don't do that through your customers. You just negotiate with the providers themselves. And it's, you look, there's 300 bips up for grabs on every transaction. So it's less than 3%, probably more than 0.1%, somewhere in there. Yeah, we, we don't charge customers, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, sometimes we can get a bit more aggressive with their per license pricing, which is their out of pocket. If you know, we see some pretty substantial volume that they're processing. Yeah, no. My point is, the more GMV you have for your platform, the better you can negotiate with the actual payment, like the ACH, like the provider on the back. And not your, I'm not talking about charging your customers, but you can say, yes. listen, processing a billion a year now. We're going to move to somebody else unless you take us from 0.1% cut to a point. Two five percent cut. Yeah, I'm making this up. That's my point. Sort of. It's sort of leverage like that, but the reality is that a lot of gateways technologies just stink. They're just mm-hmm. really not that good. Like yeah. everybody can do a charge and a refund, but what happens when you want to do reconciliation by webhook with a big JSON that needs to process in the right order? Like it's it's not common. Like what happens yeah. if you want to have a mobile SDK to do mobile payments interacting with EMV certified card readers? Like there's, there's mm-hmm. not many. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, what about how you funded this business? Is it bootstrapped or have you raised? Um, we got 50k from a friend, um, uh, 100k from the launch accelerator, the Jason Calacanis one. Mm-hmm. That was in 2018 when we almost died, kind of had to. And then we had how diluted how, how was that? How much equity did you have to give up for the 100 grand? Their their agreement is pretty standard. They're six percent for a hundred k. I think like YC is like one fifty for six percent or something now. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I pitched something like a hundred investors, and every single one of them said no. Partly because I'm not very good at sales. Partly because our vision wasn't nailed down. As you know, we had all these products. So um, all the employees have options, and at some point they said we want. We want more than you're giving us, which was already like 
12 or 13% of the company or something. So we had an employee round and they bought like another 180K. So in terms of when a company gets funded, we have 350K to date, which, you know, our monthly expense now is like 450, 490K. So, you know, it really didn't do much. Uh, So we're, you know, we're largely bootstrapped. Mm -hmm. Well, so when did the employees do that deal? What year? Uh, It was end of 2019. 2019. Just okay. before COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So 50K when you launch from a friend, 100K in 2018 from the launch accelerator for six. No, the, the 50 and 100, those came uh, August 2018. The first three years, we had no funding at all. So got it. I previously Understood. founded a services company and we had a bunch of customers that we sort of carried over. Yep. Okay. Got it. So then in 2019, uh, when the employees did that deal, how much equity did they buy with the 180 grand investment? Uh, it was a few points at that, at that point, okay. um, 4%-ish, three, three, four or something. Okay. So, so, I mean, if, if they bought back 3%, I mean, what we can do three times 30, what you're valuing the company that like $6 million or something like that. Uh, I think it was around eight. Okay. Okay. I'm giving not, loose numbers. I don't have the numbers on top of my head. Well, no, no. The reason I'm asking is because there might be people listening that want to do this with their employees as well, but they're not, they oh. might not be quite sure how to negotiate the valuation with their employees. Like, oh, we didn't do a negotiation. What we did is um, we got a 409A through Carta. Okay. And we asked, we asked Carta for the highest discount they could give, which gave the employees um, the lowest uh, exercise price. Yep, not the way to do it in terms of tax reasons and all that. Just do it externally. No subjectiveness, then. Yeah, it was yeah. clean. There was no negotiation. Yeah, cool. Okay, so so again, today four point five million dollar run rate, three hundred seventy five thousand dollars a month in revenue. You just said your expenses are about four hundred fifty grand. So you're burning about what fifty grand a month right now as you're growing. So, um, CapChase.com. I don't know if you know them. They're similar to Pipe.com. So, yep. we have an agreement with them where we now have a bunch of recruiters full time and we're going to hire far past ahead of our revenue and back fund it with the cap chase funding. It's a new word for line of credit. I think of it as so that's more or less what's going to be happening. So with the trajectory we have, we're going to scale to around 120 people by the end of next year. Where are you now? Right now we have, 40. I think in the next two to three months, we'll have 60. And then it freezes until the beginning of next year, where we kind of see where sales settle out, because we're not exactly sure what we're going to scale to with sales. There's a bit of a hypothesizing with formulas. And then we're going to continue to hire from there. And it's more or less cap chase funding it. So it's non dilutive. I, I think I did some rough math, I think over the next two and a half to three years, we're going to pay them upwards of 2 million. Whereas if we did a dilutive round now at exit, that dilution would be minimum 20 million, like bare minimum. So even though it's a lot of fees at exit, it ends up being a lot less. Yeah, we we have built, uh, you you don't know this because I guess we're just meeting, we have built FounderPath, which competes directly with CapChase because I wasn't happy with the fees they were charging. So I imagine, I'm going to guess here, I imagine you probably got something like a 10 or 11% discount on your ARR. Is that accurate? Mm -mm. We, uh... We got a pretty good rate. <laughs> okay. Well, I know their cost of capital because they raised from I-80. So there's no way they lent to you at a cheaper cost than their capital. So the lowest discount rates that they'll do is like 8 or 8.5%. So again, 
pretty pretty good deal there. Now you they usually have to pay that back though in a year. Were you able to extend your runway so that you can invest in growth and have more time to see your AR accumulate? No, it's still a twelve month uh, payback. Why um, didn't you ask? Why didn't you ask for more? We got a very good rate. <laughs> it is better than like anything I saw. I did ask them if they wanted to do more, but at the same time, it ends up also being. Um, I'll caveat this by saying I'm better at product than finance, but it ended up seeming like it ended up being more fees that you end up paying when you look at it overall. And even though it would allow more time for our revenue to catch up to pay those, at the end of the day, it still was more fees. So I'm not sure which one's better or worse, but- well, we don't we don't think there should be any fees on this stuff. We'll talk more about it later, but point being, I love what you're doing. You're keeping your equity, you're, you're investing in growth. That's why that's how you're covering your 50K per month and burn right now as you scale. So I love this. It's a great story. Now, if you, where would you value the company today? You know, you're doing 4.5 million, you're growing nicely. How, what valuation do you put on it? I mean, I know our, I, I know what the numbers are in the ecosystem for other similar types of comps. So if we're able to do 100% year over year, I think on the lowest end, it would be like an 8X. Mm -hmm. On the on a on a high end, I think it's 12x in a competitive type of environment. So if we said 10x, which I don't think someone would just hand over to you, but I think that you could get there somewhere between 40 to 50, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, I had loose inquiries coming around 45 to 50, but I don't know. Why did you, why did you take the deal? Why not sell? Because at this point, why? What's the difference? What's the difference between getting millions or more millions? Is what's, at this point, it's I want to see what we can do. It's it's fun. I don't have aspirations to do some wild, crazy thing. So, well, let me let me put a caveat out there. Look, a lot of you know Mark Cuban, obviously, they act like they're like super smart, and we're, I mean, timing is important. Okay, these people have beautiful timing. And when you look at Hopin, when you look at Visibo, when you look at events.com, when you look at everybody in the space, the valuations are through the roof insane. Yeah, crazy right now. Completely irrational. If you are a smart business person in this space and you're getting a crazy valuation, you would use that momentum exit and then go reinvest in your next thing and, and lap all the way to the bank. Because I don't I don't see how the event space can get more frothy than it is right now. See, I I gave the team a goal of hitting 35 ARR by um, June 2024 which gives three years of 100% year over year. And I have nothing else I want to immediately do right now. At okay, well, that's I, the key then. That's the key is that you don't know what else you would do. If you had 40 million bucks in bank, you don't know what else you'd go do. So, so a goal is if we're able to actually do this 100% year over year and we get up to 35, let's say we get 7X, right? That allows me to put a, a very large amount of money into a 501c3 and give away five, six million a year while the principal still grows. And that to me sounds fun and rewarding. I have no desire to make some, the only reason to make more money after you have a lot of money is for the fun of making the product or because you're obsessed with just getting more money. No, I'm completely understood. Hey, we got carried away here. We're over time. So some rapid fire stuff real quick. Out of the 40 employees today, how many engineers? I'll put it. I'll put it like this: When we have sixty, wait, wait. at least twenty will be engineers. How many engineers today? Uh, around fifteen, including and, QA. And how many quota carrying sales reps do you have, if any? Three. Okay, so there is a motion there. That's great. And then churn, critical in a SaaS business. What is your churn? 
the GRR is anywhere from 89 to 92. And what's net gross the, revenue, net revenue retention? The, the NRR is around 95. There's Got a long history around those where they're going to be increasing because we changed some things with legacy. Fair, fair. That makes sense. Okay, very good. Chris, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. <laughs> uh, great question. The first thing that came to mind was the Who book on hiring. I can't say it was my favorite or that I really enjoyed it, but we use it pretty religiously for hiring now. Number two, is there a founder you're following or studying? <sighs> I mean, it's cliche as hell, but it's... Elon Musk is unstoppable. I just read no. everything that comes out from that guy. I hate saying it, but it's one of it. What's your favorite online tool for building a business? Honestly, I, I use our cash flow Google Sheet the most, and I fiddle right. with the numbers with that. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, that's actually decent now, finally. Uh, seven and a half to eight. And situation, married, single kiddos? Uh, divorced, but now a girlfriend of almost a year I'm moving in with. That's a much better fit for me. Any kids? No kids, no plans to have kids. And how old are you, Chris? I'm pretty good. I got a triathlon coming up in... Oh, how uh, old are you? Oh, how old am I? I thought you said, how am I doing? I'm, I'm turning 40 in October. October. 40 in October. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Oh, my God. Um... I wish I knew I had bipolar too. That would have saved a lot of pain. That took a long time to figure out what to do. Guys, there you have it. Blackthorn.io launched in 2015 as a free payments gateway. They launched their SaaS play in 2018 after almost going broke, only 7K in the bank. They, uh, they got some funding, a very little amount, 100 grand. Now they're at 4.5 million bucks in terms of revenue growing almost or over 100% year over year, serving 300 customers. Again, funding the business themselves to preserve equity as they continue to scale. Team of 40 today, thinking about 100 by the end of the year. We'll see what happens. Chris, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.